Chapter Eleven, Part One of the Filigree Ball by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Book Two, The Law and Its Victim, Chapter Eleven, Details, Part One. The days of my obscurity were over henceforth i was regarded as a decided factor in this case a case which from this time on assumed another aspect both at headquarters and in the midst of people at large the reporters whom we had hitherto managed to hold in check now overflowed both the coroner's office and police headquarters and articles appeared in all the daily papers with just enough suggestion in them to fire the public mind and make me for one anticipate an immediate word from mr jeffrey calculated to establish the alibi he had failed to make out on the day we talked with him but no such word came his memory still played him false and no alternative was left but to pursue the official inquiry in the line suggested by the interview just recounted no proceeding in which i had been engaged interested me as did this inquest in the first place the spectators were of a very different character from the ordinary as i warmed myself along to the seat accorded to such witnesses as myself i brushed by men of the very highest station and a few of the lowest and bent my head more than once in response to the inquiring gaze of some fashionable lady who never before i warrant had found herself in such a scene by the time i reached my place all the others were seated and the coroner rapped for order i was first to take the stand what i said has already been fully amplified in the foregoing pages of course my evidence was confined to facts but some of these facts were new to most of the persons there it was evident that a considerable effect was produced by them not only on the spectators but upon the witnesses themselves for instance it was the first time that the marks on the mantel-shelf had been heard of outside the major's office or the story so told as to make it evident that mrs jeffrey could not have been alone in the house at the time of her death a photograph had been taken of those marks and my identification of this photograph closed my testimony as i returned to my seat i stole a look toward a certain corner where with face bent down upon his hand francis jeffrey sat between uncle david and the heavily veiled figure of miss tuttle had there dawned upon him as my testimony was given any suspicion of the trick by which he had been proved responsible for those marks it was impossible to tell from the way miss tuttle's head was turned toward him one might judge him to be labouring under an emotion of no ordinary character though he sat like a statue and hardly seemed to realise how many eyes were at that moment riveted upon his face 
i was followed by other detectives who had been present at the time and who corroborated my statement as to the appearance of this unhappy woman and the way the pistol had been tied to her arm then the doctor who had acted under the coroner was called after a long and no doubt learned description of the bullet wound which had ended the life of this unhappy lady a wound which he insisted with a marked display of learning must have made that end instantaneous or at least too immediate for her to move foot or hand after it he was asked if the body showed any other mark of violence to this he replied there was a minute wound at the base of one of her fingers the one which is popularly called the wedding finger this statement made all the women present start with renewed interest nor was it altogether without point for the men especially when the doctor went on to say the hands were entirely without rings as mrs jeffrey had been married with a ring i noticed their absence was this wound which you characterize as minute a recent one it had bled a little it was an abrasion such as would be made if the ring she usually wore there had been drawn off with a jerk that was the impression i received from its appearance i do not state that it was so made a little thrill which went over the audience at the picture this evoked communicated itself to miss tuttle who trembled violently it even produced a slight display of emotion in mr jeffrey whose hand shook where he pressed it against his forehead but neither uttered a sound nor looked up when the next witness was summoned this witness proved to be loretta who on hearing her name called evinced great reluctance to come forward but after two or three words uttered in her ear by the friendly jinny who had been given a seat next her she stepped into the place assigned her with a suddenly assumed air of great boldness which set upon her with scant grace she had need of all the boldness at her command for the eyes of all in the room were fixed on her with the exception of the two persons most interested in her testimony scrutiny of any kind did not appear to be acceptable to her if one could read the trepidation visible in the short quick upheavals of the broad collar which covered her uneasy breast was this shrinking on her part due to natural timidity or had she failings to avow which while not vitiating her testimony would certainly cause her shame in the presence of so many men and women i was not able to decide this question immediately for after the coroner had elicited her name and the position she held in mr jeffrey's household he asked whether her duties took her into mrs jeffrey's room upon her replying that they did 
he further inquired if she knew mrs jeffrey's rings and could say whether they were all to be found on that lady's toilet table after the police came in with the news of her death the answer was decisive they were all there her rings and all the other ornaments she was in the daily habit of wearing with the exception of her watch that was not there did you take up those rings no sir did you see anyone else take them up no sir not till the officer did so very well loretta sit down again till we hear what durbin has to say about these rings and then the man i hated came forward and though i shrank from acknowledging it even to myself i could but observe how strong and quiet and self-possessed he seemed and how decisive was his testimony but it was equally brief he had taken up the rings and he had looked at them and on one the wedding-ring he had detected a slight stain of blood he had called mr jeffrey's attention to it but that gentleman had made no comment this remark had the effect of concentrating general attention upon mr jeffrey but he seemed quite oblivious of it his attitude remained unchanged and only from the quick stretching out and withdrawal of miss tuttle's hand could it be seen that anything had been said calculated to touch or arouse this man the coroner cast an uneasy glance in his direction then he motioned durbin aside and recalled loretta and now i began to be sorry for the girl it is hard to have one's weaknesses exposed especially if one is more foolish than wicked but there was no way of letting this girl off without sacrificing certain necessary points and the coroner went relentlessly to work how long have you been in this house three weeks ever since mrs jeffrey's wedding-day sir were you there when she first came as a bride from the moore house i was sir and saw her then for the first time yes sir how did she look and act that first day i thought her the gayest bride i had ever seen then i thought her the saddest and then i did not know what to think she was so merry one minute and so frightened the next so full of talk when she came running up the steps and so struck with silence the minute she got into the parlour that i set her down as a queer one till some one whispered in my ear that she was suffering from a dreadful shock that ill luck had attended her marriage and much more about what had happened from time to time at the moore house and you believed what was told you believed believed it well enough to keep a watch on your young mistress to see if she were happy or not oh sir it was but natural the coroner suavely observed every one felt interested in this marriage you watched her of course 
now what was the result did you consider her well and happy the girl's voice sank and she cast a glance at her master which he did not lift his head to meet i did not think her happy she laughed and sang and was always in and out of the rooms like a butterfly but she did not wear a happy look except now and then when she was seated with mr jeffrey alone then i have seen her flush in a way to make the heart ache it was such a contrast sir to other times when she was by herself or or what or just with her sister sir the defiance with which this was said added point to what otherwise might have been an unimportant admission those who had already scrutinized miss tuttle with the curiosity of an ill-defined suspicion now scrutinized her with a more palpable one and those who had hitherto seen nothing in this heavily veiled woman but the bereaved sister of an irresponsible suicide allowed their looks to dwell piercingly on that concealing veil as if they would be glad to penetrate its folds and read in those beautiful features the meaning of an illusion uttered with such a sting in the tone you refer to miss tuttle observed the coroner mrs jeffrey's sister yes sir the menace was gone from the voice now but no one could forget that it had been there miss tuttle lived in the house with her sister did she not yes sir till that sister died and was buried then she went away the coroner did not pursue this topic preferring to return to the former one so you say that mrs jeffrey showed uneasiness ever since her wedding day can you give me any instance of this mention i mean any conversations overheard by you which would show us just what you mean i don't like to repeat things i hear but if you say that i must i can remember once passing mr and mrs jeffrey in the hall just as he was saying you take it too much to heart i expected a happy honeymoon somehow we have failed that was all i heard sir but what made me remember his words was that she was dressed for some afternoon reception and looked so charming and so and so as if she ought to be happier just so now when was this how long before her death oh a week or so it was very soon after the wedding day and did matters seem to improve after that did she appear any better satisfied or more composed i think she endeavoured to but there was something on her mind something which she tried to laugh off something that annoyed mr jeffrey and worried miss tuttle something which caused a cloud in the house for all the dances and dinners and goings and comings i am sorry to speak of it but it was so something that showed an unsettled mind almost 
the glitter in her eye was not natural neither was the way she looked at her sister and sometimes at her husband did she talk much about the catastrophe which attended her wedding did her mind seem to run on that incessantly at first but afterwards not so much i think mr jeffrey frowned on that subject did he ever frown on her no sir not not when they were alone or with no one by but me he seemed to love her then very much what do you mean by that loretta that he lost patience with her when other people were present miss tuttle for instance yes sir he used to change very much when 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 miss tuttle came into the room changed towards his wife yes sir how he grew more distant much more distant got up quite fretfully from his seat if he were sitting beside her and took up some book or paper and miss tuttle she never seemed to notice but but she did not come in very often after this had happened once or twice i mean into the room upstairs where they used to sit loretta i regret to put this question but after your replies i owe it to the jury if not to the parties themselves to make miss tuttle's position in this household thoroughly understood do you think she was a welcome visitor in this house the girl pursed up her lips glanced at the lady and gentleman whose feelings she was supposed to pass comment on and seemed to lose heart then as they failed to respond to her look of appeal she strove to get the better of her sense of shame and with a somewhat injured air replied i can only repeat what i once heard said about this by mr jeffrey himself miss tuttle had just left the dining-room and mrs jeffrey was standing in one of her black moods with her hands on the top of her chair ready to go but forgetting to do so i was there but neither of them noticed me he was staring at her and she was looking down neither seemed at ease suddenly he spoke and asked why must cora remain with us she started and her look grew strange and frightened because i want her to she cried i cannot live without cora these words so different from what we were expecting caused a sensation in the room and consequently a stir as the noise of shifting feet and moving heads began to be heard in all directions miss tuttle's head drooped a little but francis jeffrey did not betray any sign of feeling or even of attention the coroner embarrassed perhaps by this exhibition of silent misery so near him hesitated a little before he put his next question loretta on the contrary had gathered courage with every word she spoke and now looked ready for anything it was mrs jeffrey then who clung most determinately to her sister 
the coroner finally suggested i have told you what she said yet these sisters spent but little time together very little as little as two persons could who lived together in one house this statement which seemed such a contradiction to her former one increased the interest and much disappointment was covertly shown when the coroner veered off from this topic and brusquely inquired did you ever know mr and mrs jeffrey to have any open rupture the answer was a decided one yes on tuesday morning preceding her death they had a long and angry talk in their own room after which mrs jeffrey made no further effort to conceal her wretchedness indeed one may say she began to die from that hour mrs jeffrey's death had occurred on wednesday evening let us hear what you have to say about this quarrel and what happened after it the girl with a renewed flush cast a deprecatory look at the mass of faces before her and meeting on all sides but one look of intense and growing interest drew up her neat figure with a relieved air and began a story which i will proceed to transcribe for you in the fewest possible words End of chapter eleven part one